Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Ah, we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the Duke Tom crew as we talk about the compliments, the sweet nothings our men love to hear. Hmm. Now, uh, how about your friends are fun. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Now, this particular one, this was really interesting to me because a woman very, very, very rarely gets an opportunity to say this to her man. Yeah, well, one of the reasons why is because most times there's always one, just that one friend that you just can't stand. Oh, I don't care what man you have. It's always just one friend that you just don't even want to hear his name. You don't want to hear that your husband's going out with him or your man's going out with him. Oh, my goodness gracious. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, that one is, is a little special. Number two, the reason why this, your friends are fun, would be real interesting to hear because uh, how do you find his friends fun? How do you know his friends are fun? I don't think a lot of men want to hear you tell him that his friends are fun. Yes, uh, something, something, something ain't right about that thing. You know, a little jaded there. And I don't think you need to be looking to find if my friends are fun. You know? Well, that's... <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. 
you can go back and find out some of the other sweet nothings and compliments that men say that they love to hear. Okay? Well, it would not be a Monday morning if we did not get that switch tip with Shantice and this week's switch tip. Don't fear the one you follow. Well, that makes sense because why in the world would you fear, you know, someone you're following? Yeah, you know, you're supposed to have that special relationship with that person. So why would you fear that person? You know, we talk about the reverent fear of the Lord, and it's something that you're supposed to have, something that, you know, you're supposed to honor God. You know, fearing him is not the fear that you have for people in the street, you know? It's a it's it's a love, a love that says, you know what, God, I trust you. And I understand that if I do something wrong, oh, you're going to deal with me for real. Yeah, right? Right. So if you're, you know, going to follow God, don't fear him like the person in the street. Fear him for, you know, the proper reason that. Because he's a reverent God and he's a reverent God. That's what I want to say. I'm going to say it wrong. And, you know, he deserves the glory and honor that he should receive. Okay? All right. Well, because of Independence Day, there was no show on Tuesday. But we were right back on board. For Wow Wednesday, yes. And we started off with our girlfriend, Vivian, and she talked about that uh, gun violence that took place over the weekend. And, you know, unfortunately, there's tons and tons and tons of violence over the holiday weekend, and it seems to be the norm that these holidays come around and you can't even enjoy yourself because you got to be looking over your shoulders, you know. With this particular holiday, you know, it's it's very touchy because you're hearing a lot of pow-pow. And you want to make sure that that pow-pow is not a pow-pow from a gun, you know. So you can't just sit back and, you know, watch the festivities of the fireworks and not have to be concerned with what that could indicate. All right? All right. Well, the lady had an opportunity to discuss uh, some non-negotiables for your life in Christ. Yes. You know, once we, you know, delve into a life in the Lord, you know, you want to make sure that you owe a God.
well, you know, just a, a minor glitch this morning. Minor glitch, minor glitch, minor glitch this morning. Uh, excuse me, as I was saying, you want to make sure that you obey God and not, you know, your flesh, your desires, the things that make you full if it's not going to be in the Lord, okay? Another non-negotiable, make sure you believe God and not the deceiver. And as Elder teacher said, hey, that's self-explanatory. That is self-explanatory. I'm not going to believe somebody or something that's going to be a deceiver. No. I've got to believe the almighty God. Right? Right. Well, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around and we got to chatting with our due time crew. And we talked about, you know, the groom who died while the wedding photo shoot went on. Yes, we had a gentleman who uh, suffered a heart attack right after he said, I do on the way outside to take pictures. But the biggest chatter was about the bride who died right during the wedding. And what did they do? Oh, my goodness. Well, it was in India. And, you know, they have a lot of arranged marriages. Well, why should this be any different? They grabbed up the younger sister, put her in the wedding dress, moved the bride who had died just a couple of minutes earlier into the next room, and off we go with the marriage ceremony. Wow. Yes. Not even an opportunity for the bride, the new bride, to, you know, kind of soak in that she had just lost her sister. For the parents, marriage was the name of the game. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of stirred up a little conversation. And uh, impromptu. I should say, but very interesting, you know, when it comes to our, uh, what do you call that, our D-time crew, yeah, they're, they're kind of off the cuff, and, you know, you can kind of, uh, you know, get anything from them, all right, all right, well, this morning, Oh, it is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do. And I got to tell you, you know, for us to have a short week, it didn't really feel like a short week, at least not to me, at least not to me. Well, freestyle is what we do, but we definitely take the time to speak to our men and hear what they've got to say. Say, alrighty, alrighty. So, oh, we got some moaning business.
to take care of. You know what we do. Uh, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, I mean whatever you do, don't go into well because we will be right back. Nearly three and a half million Americans have hepatitis C, yet more than half don't even know it. Hepatitis C can be transmitted in many ways. It's a leading cause of liver cancer, but the virus often begins damaging the liver before any symptoms appear. That's why it's so important to get tested. Know your personal risk for hepatitis C. And if you've already been diagnosed, get the facts. Visit hepcinfo.com, sponsored by AbbVie. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. Now, God has been an amazing God as He has allowed us to get to this part of the week. <laughs> Gonna have a good freestyle time. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, let's get started. Alright, so, you know, I have my little segment called Who Knew? And today, we're going to Talk about our friend of the past, that is, Mr. Sherman Hemsley. Yes, everybody knows Sherman Hemsley as George Jefferson, the cleaner's guy on the Jefferson, and Deacon Ernest Fry, yes, on that. Show, Amen, with Kristen Davis and Anna Marie Horsford. Yeah, you remember him? Yes. Well, I actually did a little reading on Mr. Hemsley yesterday, Mr. Hemsley, and I was like, wow, 
So they say that despite he was so, like, loud and, you know, out there in his two roles as Deacon Fry and George Jefferson, they say in real life he was really shy. And he really liked to keep his personal life not just private, but super-duper ultra-private. Well, he passed away way back in 2012 on July 24th at the age of 74. And, you know, it's amazing how sometimes the very life we live while we're alive, it gets shifted after we die. Because that's exactly what happens here. They say that his privacy that he held so close to his chest was kind of like messed up and blown all out of whack when he passed away. And he, you would have never known he was as private as he was. So they say it got so bad that his body lay embalmed in a refrigerator in El Paso, Texas, in a funeral home for over three months before he was finally put to his final resting spot. Well, one of the reasons is that everything that he had privacy, money, or whatever, came to a dispute over his will. And there was a fight for his estate. There was some person who jumped up out of nowhere and was contesting stuff. And there were rumors and all kinds of things. And, you know, his friends ended up not being his friends in real life. And, you know, they said it was really bad. It was really bad. So, here's how this story goes. Well, only six weeks prior to um, to his passing, you know, are y'all ready for this? He wrote a will. He had a will written, a will written out for his estate. His estate, y'all, was only valued at fifty thousand dollars. Can you imagine it? At seventy four, his estate after he had done all this acting for so many years was only valued at fifty thousand. So soon after he passed away, he had a friend named Flora Enchington who was listed as the sole beneficiary, well, how much you going to spread around, $50,000. Um, and in the will, he said, because he had never been married and he had no kids, he referred to Flora as his beloved partner. Now, I didn't realize he didn't have any children, and I did actually didn't realize he wasn't married. He had never been married before. Well, they say Flora stated that she was not only his manager, but that she lived with him for over a decade 
and that they were very close friends for over 20 years. Well, after the will was filed, some man named Richard Thornton came out of the woodwork claiming to be um, Sherman Hemsley's brother, and he contested the will. And this is what stalled the burial and memorial for three months. Now, what kind of life do you have that you're going to contest $50,000? And I'm thinking he may not have even realized how much it was. Because, you know, you hear Sherman Hensley, you're thinking a whole bunch of stuff. Well, they say this Flora Henshinton publicly contested this Richard Thornton's validity as to who he even was. And she says it's disgraceful and it's sad that this man with dignity, you know, or this is a man with dignity, rather, and no one has ever heard of anyone with the name Richard Thornton in the 20 years I've known him. And this is not what Sherman would have wanted. Sherman left very worried about me about me staying alone, what was going to happen to me being alone if he was gone. And that's what worried him the most. I guess maybe he said what was going to happen. It just gives me these emotions and feelings that all of a sudden there's these people out there that have never known anything about our life, about who we are, about what we're all about, about what we endured. So she definitely questioned, you know, the validity of this particular individual. Well, to make matters worse, rumors started to surface that Mr. Sherman Hensley was gay and that Flora was acting as his, what they call a beard, to cover up his secret gay, gay, um, sorry, gay relationship with their longtime friend, Ken Johnston. Well, there was never any, you know, actual validity to the rumors, and no one ever came out and, you know, really confirmed it. But unfortunately, you know how rumors go. They still continue to go on. It don't even matter. Well, that Ken Johnston has a son. And he shut the rumors all the way down. And after he was buried, Sherman, that is, in November of 12, this Ken Johnston's son, Stephen, reportedly spoke out um, in a book called Diary of a Street King to set the record straight about his father's relationship to Sherman and... Flora. Well, this Stephen claims that Flora, Flora was really his father Ken's girlfriend, and according to this Stephen, Flora was a gold digger <laughs> who took advantage of Sherman to ultimately be granted the estate. Well, in one, right? Mm. Well, Stephen also claims that Ken was Sherman's real manager, not Flora. So as he tells the story, 
the media also erroneously reported that Flora knew Sherman for 20 years and when she didn't get to really know him until the move in 99 to El Paso. She became his manager representative when she helped out Stephen's father, Ken, after he had a stroke in 2003. But the father, Ken, was really still Sherman Hemsley's manager. So he says that the father told him that they were always talking about getting back to L.A. and it was getting close to becoming a reality, but the father had the stroke. So that kind of sidelined um, any of their plans. Now, in that November... Miss Flora was granted Sherman Hemsley's estate, and the legal fight came to end. And the sad part about it is all this stuff is going on. The man is dead. Can't say what, you know, what was true, what wasn't true. And, you know, all that little privacy that he held so close from his heart or to his heart, really went down the drain. So, you know, they say that, you know, this man brought so much joy to the world. And, you know, too bad he had to really go through that. And he was eventually laid to rest peacefully after he was buried in a military service in El Paso on November 9, 2012, which means that he was a military man. He was a veteran. Wow. So, you remember when he used to tell Wheezy about how, you know, he used to, you know, write her, remind her, how he used to write her while he was away in the military? Well, he actually had been away in the military at one point. All right? So I thought you might find that a little interesting. Well, I came across a funny, funny um, little article. And you know how we like to play our little game. Well, this particular article, and I mean, child, child, it talks about how parents, you know, who wanted to share their heartbreaking and shocking secrets that they discovered about their kids. Now, as always, I invite you to join the party. You can send me some uh, shocking, heartbreaking, funny news that you discovered about your kids or someone else discovered about their kids. Or, you know, just, you know, give up the skinny. You know how we do on Friday. Well, there's a parent who says, my daughter is 15 and is already very sexually active. We took her to the hospital and we found out she had genital herpes. She said she probably got it from dirty toilet paper from her camping trip that happened last month. Well, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe in that. 
and I told her I did. So a few days ago, I took her phone. She was in detention for something else. I read some of her messages between her and some friends. They were talking about body counts. Well, I didn't know what that was, so I Googled it. And so my daughter slept with seven, he calls them scrampy boys, and got herpes from one of them. Well, there goes the toilet paper story. Mm-mm-mm. You know, you just tell your parents anything. Well, he's enough. One year, my husband and I were having a really hard time getting up in time for work, like two months straight. Years later, we found out that our daughter was drugging us so she could sneak out. Either one of us could have died, and she thinks it's funny. She used to do that, needless to say. She no longer lives with us and will not be allowed back if ever she falls on hard times. Can you imagine that? You're actually drugging your parents. Oh, my goodness gracious. I tell you. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see what we can come up with. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Okay, here's another one. My son, excuse me, who's 15, and his childhood bestie are doing drugs together. Yesterday he asked me if bestie could come over this weekend and play whatever GTA is, which is a game in which up to now he's never shown interest. I said I'd think about it. Well, this morning, I picked up his phone and spied on him. Sure enough, there's a message to Bestie asking if he can come over this weekend because son has cush and pills, and my mom is working nine to six every day. Haven't confronted him yet. This isn't our first rodeo with weed, but pills are very concerning and pretty stressed today and trying to figure out how to deal with it. Wow. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, that's some shocking surprise because you think that it's just weed. Now it's weed and harder drugs. Wow, here's another one. Pretty lengthy. My son is very honest with me, so I've never felt the desire to snoop on him. Over the summer, I was looking for my tape measure and remember that he'd asked me to measure the space above his desk for shelving. Well, I went into his room. He was away at camp for a couple of weeks and looked high and low before spotting the tape measure under his desk. I couldn't comfortably reach it because of how the desk was constructed. So I pulled the desk away from the wall. While doing so, I heard a soft thug. After I created enough of a clearance to shimmy between the wall to the back of the desk, I saw the gift weed wrapped 
his birthday present in, splayed on the floor with what appeared to be an assortment of fabrics. Upon closer inspection, I saw what the fabrics really were. A box of unwashed and washed women's underwear. Mm. It says, it turned out that over about a 20-month period, he'd taken to swiping my wife's co-worker's mother of his best friend underwear from her laundry basket, hamper, and even her bedroom drawer whenever he had a chance. There was a total of 11 pairs of underwear. It took me a few days to have a heart-to-heart with him, and it was one of the most difficult conversations I've ever had to have with him. Maybe I stopped him from engaging in progressively more perverted behavior, maybe not. I just hope that he doesn't go down a path like that again and that his sexual proclivities manifest themselves in more natural and non-illicit ways. So here's what dad is really saying. Dad is saying that, Lord, I hope he ain't gay. And these underwear ain't underwear that he's wearing. And if I had to choose between a lesser of the two evils, I'd rather him be sniffing his best friend's mom's undies. It would be a boy's thing to do despite the fact that it's a nasty thing to do, especially if it's your friend's mom and you're snooping through her stuff and, you know, you're violating her privacy and her trust, by the way. But, yeah, that's what dad is hoping for. Dad is hoping that he's doing just a boy thing, just a boy mischief thing. Because child, 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 child. Other than that, it'd be a bit worse. All right. Well, so there's our little parents found out some deep, dark, ugly secrets game this morning. So what are we talking about? Well, I've been seeing on this news all week about this particular Story. And finally, last night, I decided to read it. Well, it's about this 25-year-old man who has allegedly been missing for quite a few years. Have you heard about that story? Okay, so they say that this Rudy Orias, he made the headlines, national headlines over the weekend, when it was reported that he was located safe at a church in Houston after, I mean, years of supposedly having been missing. So he was reported missing to police on March 7th, 2015. But he ended up coming home a day later. Well... Farias, as they say, Rudy, was not missing 
during the eight-year period when no one reported that he was found. So there had been several and multiple times during this eight-year period when police officers actually spoke with him directly, and he allegedly gave them fake names. And even at times he made contact with the patrol officers on the street. They recognized him from this missing report, and even during those exchanges, he gave fictitious names and dates of birth, so that he could mislead the officers and he could remain, quote-unquote, missing. So they say, actually, in fact, that both his mother, Janie, and Rudy gave fictitious names while interacting with different patrol officers. And after investigators talked with him yesterday, it was discovered that he returned home the following day on March 8, 2015. So now he's an adult, and he had been seen by quite a few people coming and going from the house over the years. And he was identified as a nephew, and not the alleged son. So, and that was the mama who told people that this was a nephew. So the mother also continued to deceive the police by continuing to tell people that her son was actually missing all this time telling you the story because I find part of this like kind of ridiculous and crazy. Well, the police are saying they really can't figure out the motive and the local prosecutors, they've decided that they weren't going to open up a case against the mother and the son. That little Rudy or old Rudy at this point was found last week at a church about eight miles from the house. And according to an investigator, that's where they got this. He was spotted and found at a church when the investigating actually took place. They say he was nonverbal. He was unable to communicate. And his mother said in a statement that, you know, a good Samaritan discovered him and immediately called the authorities. So they're saying that they still are investigating and they're not sure whether they're going to charge either one of them. And now you know good and well, had this been us, Man, they would have had all kinds of charges. You know, listen, 
I remember, what's his name? The Empire Boy. Smollett. One of the things that they charged him with in Chicago, after they found out that he lied about, you know, the people attacking him and all of that kind of stuff, is because of the manpower that was used to investigate the claim. So when Homegirl put out on the 7th that he was missing and he showed up on the 8th, it was her obligation to tell that he had surfaced. Because when we have an option of not telling that, you know, this is no longer the, the case, and you got people all this time investigating a missing person and all these poor kids out here who are really missing, that time could have gone on, you know, investigating their um, case. So as of this moment, nobody's been charged with anything. Well, would you really expect the 17-year-old to be charged with something? Now, Maybe mom did think he was missing. And again, this is another reason why. You know, you ever see on TV when someone's missing, you know, now you can't report them missing for a certain amount of time before they even begin to really look for the person because people end up surfacing and, you know, it's a waste of time. And yeah, and you can kind of get it, um, despite the fact that I'm sure there have been many who were really missing and they weren't looking for them because they considered that they could have, you know, really been someplace else because of all the other people who were reported missing and they were really not missing. So this is why I can't figure out how this has been plastered all over the news. I mean, all over the news. That's all I've been looking at day in and day out. Every time I go to look up news for the show, this to here keeps coming up, and I can't imagine you not charging him with something or mama with something. Now, here's why they really need to be charged. When they were talking to them, when the local police was chatting with them, because remember now, they're investigating that you were lying. You were lying. You were saying you were somebody else. She was claiming this was her nephew. So that means that when you told these people numerous times that this was not who they thought it could have been, that they could have been investigating something else. Oh, no. I say go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Say they need to, to make this a federal issue and lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. And I'm wondering if they should even lock him up now because he's 25. He's no longer 17. So, no, I don't know. I don't know. Y'all might want to give him a pass. I think that needs to be investigated as to whether you won't give him a pass. But mama, 
nah, mama definitely needs to go to jail. Definitely needs to go to jail. There's two more stories I want to talk about. And let's see if we want to do this one first. Because, you know, I've got to be in the mood. Uh, oh, I found this very interesting. Oh, nice chatter. So you've got this former, and I say former, you've got this former Cincinnati police officer. And she was fired back a while ago. And check how check this out. Check this out. Talk about modern technology. Now, some of you may have heard of this. I've never heard of this. So check this out. On April 5th, 2022, there was an incident. Now, she is all by herself in her police cruiser. Windows up. So nobody could hear her. And they say that there was another car blocking an exit. And she turns on her cruiser lights and sirens. Now, this turning on the cruiser lights and sirens automatically turns on her body cam. And she says that a student flipped her off while she was trying to get the other car to move. So she ends up saying effing N-words. N-words. I effing hate them. And this came up on her body cam that automatically came on when she turned on her cruiser's lights and sirens. So they say that Chief Teresa Steep, I'm going to say her name is Steep, fired this police officer. And she fired her because she said there was a ready use of the racial slur And she felt that it tarnished the officer's ability to work with any community member. Now, she, this officer was amongst quite a few officers in recent years caught using slurs on duty. And she's the only one who was fired. So she filed a grievance seeking reinstatement, and she used the argument that, you know, with all that has gone on and all of these other people who have done it, they they weren't fired, and I wasn't treated the same. I was punished differently. Well, they disagreed, and they said that 
The others use the slur in an off-the-cuff way and at worst directing it at an individual. Now, they compared it to her and said her termination was for use of the racial slur only, which is crazy. They say she was discharged for using a slur while voicing hatred in a profanity-laden tirade against an entire community she had a duty and responsibility to protect. And they they felt that if she had so much hatred for this group of people, that she didn't need to have the job. So they were saying that pretty much what she did was, they call it indefensible, that they couldn't even, they just couldn't even help her. (laughs) They said she would have been a walking liability, and if she ever had contact with a black person, her credibility would have been called into question. Now, do you agree or do you disagree with their decision? Do you think that, you know, it just could have been a slip of the tongue and her anger, like they said, some of the other people who were caught, you know, with a racial slur, um, you know, they did it. But being that they said, you know, let's say to pass the KL, you know, that was one thing. But when she went all the way out to say, effing and I effing hate them, that now this became the body of people. And, nah, you blew it, sister. You blew it. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. All right? Let me, I got my other story, but I think I'm going to leave it till after um, I talk to the men because I'm kind of liking I'm liking that the next story a lot, you know, the, the chatter we got to have on Friday. Let's say good morning to our brother Al. Good morning, brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chop of a Friday morning. Oh, yeah. How you doing? <laughs> I can hear that smile over there, brother Al. I can hear that Oh, smile. yeah. Uh, I'm also living in the TGIF mode. And I'm chop chopping it up with you this morning. Ah. Oh yeah. Brother Al. You got this Texas teen who on March seventh was missing when he was seventeen and then he returned home on the eighth. Mom never uh told the authorities that he had returned despite a missing report had been put out there. Mom knew that the report had been um still hot. I'm going to term it like that because periodically they would talk to her and she gave fake names. She gave um, misinformation when it came to birthdays. Um, When they spoke to the son periodically and asked him who he was, he gave some aliases. He gave some false information as well. And come to find out, after all these years of investigating from 2000 
um, 15 all the way till now, they found out that he was home all along, that it wasn't the nephew that they had been talking to. It was really the son who had been missing, quote-unquote. And the local prosecutors say they're not going to charge anything. Do you agree with this? Uh, not at all. I mean, you got these, like I said, um, using all these man hours. They out looking for this young man and trying to find out what's going on. They didn't spoke, you know, they've been there at the house, and you say, oh, that's the nephew. And, and you know, and I'm thinking, you know, the, 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 the young man got some type of mental issue where he went along with that. You know, I don't know. He may be autistic or whatever the case may be. And mom went along with that. No, you should get charged. And, and I know it's on the other side of the fence because it's been us. Oh my God, they've been throwing the book at us. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, and you know that, brother Al. They've been throwing your book and my book at us, man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. I'd have been oh, right in there with Big Bubba. They'd have been. They'd have been putting me in there with Bubba. That's right. That's right. Once they found you yesterday or your son yesterday, you would have been going to jail. The next day, no later the next day, they would have been snatching you up, brother Al. So your little game would have been over. You would have had some aliases, all right. You would have <laughs> oh, yeah. been by a many a name. <laughs> all right. Now, this Cincinnati police officer who was fired for using, you know, racial slur, she lost her job, she fought to get it back, and she lost. What do you think about that one? Do you think that, you know, they should give her her, they should have given her her job back? Or do you think that, you know, they should leave her? Now, which one is this? Is this the one with the, uh, the, the, the police officer? Yes, the Cincinnati police officer. Oh, they used the racial word? No, she she get fired. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it has to come to a point where, you know, for me, it has to come to a point where they got to stop. You know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's just too much going on. The, the people getting too comfortable of saying and doing things to our side. And getting away with it. You know, an example has to be made. You know, um, from listening to the story, you know, it's like, okay, she said that. Then you got some other ones who said something. And then it's like, oh, but that was it. A racial mark is a racial mark, regardless of how you use it. You know, it's, it's, it's excuses. So an example needs to be set. So no, don't give her jack. Nope. Put her in prison with Bertha. And make sure if Bertha, Bertha is on our side of the fence. see how you like that. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious Now let me ask you this They say To them cause Now remember she's, she's complaining Because she said Listen other people have been Caught using racial slurs But they weren't fired And their argument was They said to Brother Al, you N, 
But with her, she went as far as to say those F and N's, I F and hate them. And for them, it was a difference because for them, they said when she said that, she was grouping a whole bunch of people together and they could not trust that she could police them being that she declared in her private, you know, private time that she hated all of them. So for you, is there a difference? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. She just happened to get caught saying, I hate, I hate, hate them. You know, the person who's saying it feels the same way. That's why you're saying that. You know, you just, it just, you just directed it towards one person. But if you ran across another person, you're going to say it to that person too. So you, you, you know, you, it's the same thing to me. You know, even though I probably would punch both of them in the mouth, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's the same thing. Same, same, the same thing. Okay. Okay. Now, wait, did you know that there were states or counties or um, anybody, have you ever heard of when the sirens um, go off that so does the body cam? No, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I did, I did not know that. Mm. <clears throat> Yes, and that's how she got caught, Brother Al, because when she turned on the lights and the sirens, her body cam automatically turned on. And right. and you know, that's a good thing. I, I yeah. think that's a good thing, too. So yeah. that, that get them where they can't turn the body cam on when they get ready. Right, right. Yeah, I thought that was hot. I thought that was oh, yeah. a hot move, Brother Al. I was like, yo, I even read it like twice just to make sure. <laughs> just to make sure you said it correctly. I was like, okay, I can't get on it. I was like, they didn't say because I went down a little further. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Did it say that when she turned on the lights and the silence, it automatically turned on her body camera? I was oh, like, yeah. yo. Yo, that's, I agree. That way you can flip it on and flip it off and, yeah, yep. brother. So, you know, they, they got they got something going on out there in Cincinnati. And they're standing their ground and, you know, maybe this will help them catch a whole lot of um, behavior that these police officers exemplify and, you know. They 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 yeah. put a whole lot in them out of commission. Woo! Oh yeah. All right, brother Al. I'll uh I'll come back and check it out after you talk to Pastor Kiana, okay? Because okay? Okay, I got another story for y'all. It's not as hot as oh, yeah. my own grandpa, but it's a it's a it's a question. So I'll be back, okay? All right. All right, good. Good morning, Pastor KL. And before you say good morning, I would love a hearty good morning. Because I haven't had a chance to talk to you at all in these. So, what you got? Good morning. 
master step. Hallelujah. You know what? I knew you wouldn't fail me. I knew you wouldn't fail me. I'm like, I haven't had a chance to see to my man, Patrick KL, in a minute. And I'm like, yo, I need one of them old-fashioned good mornings. And you, you just didn't fail me. Not only did we get an old-fashioned good morning, but we even got it in a siren mode. Go ahead, Pastor Ted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for obliging me. Uh, yes, how ma'am. are you? That even asked after I that? I well. am good. well. Good, 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 <laughs> and more good. Oh, my goodness gracious. Miss hearing your voice. Um. Likewise. We got you. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Liar. Um, <laughs> wow. Repent and be baptized. I just cheated. I just cheated. Oh, my goodness. So check this out. You've got this Houston teen missing issue where mom claims that you know, the teen is still missing even after he shows up the next day. She doesn't tell anybody that he shows up. But not only that, Pastor KL, when they're talking to him and her independently, they're both lying about who they are. They're both lying about who he is. Even to the degree <laughs> of her telling the officers that that's her nephew and this has gone on for eight years until finally a um an investigator shows up at church and spots him declares it's him to him speak to her and he's able to crack and close the case So now the local prosecutors are saying, hey, uh, there's nothing, you know, nothing to do here. We're not going to press charges. What do you think about that? Do you think that at least her at bare minimum should have some charges pressed? Yeah, I I, I think she should definitely, (laughs) not with a judge, she should pay a fine at least. You know, and and to to Brother Al's uh, discussion when he said it definitely couldn't have been us. First of all, they wouldn't have been looking for us for that long. <laughs> so I mean, if if if, if 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 you put out a business person, they wasn't gonna waste that many man hours for us. So they wouldn't care whether they were talking to the nephew or not. Because after a week or two, hey, since we just can't find them, give it to God. Yeah. You know. Oh so my God. They wouldn't be looking for us. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? I have to be honest. I didn't even think about it in that in that case, but I have to tell you, I do agree. They surely wouldn't have been looking for us. I would say they ain't looking for us for eight weeks, much less eight years. And now, listen, not only that, let, let, let's go a little further. Our, our church service is kind of long. You think they come into our church service and talk to us? 
and wait through all that <laughs> preaching and closing and testimonies and all that stuff. They ain't coming to the church house. <laughs> Not our church house. Oh, God. You got you to gotta wait till after the fish fry or the chicken dinner and get them to be still for a minute. No, they ain't coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I found interesting. He decides to go to church. And that's where he nails it and figures out that this has been this kid all along, that even the neighbors have said they thought may have been him, but because he had been, quote-unquote, missing so long, they kind of just brushed it off. And, you know, kids look alike, you know, when it comes, or family look alike, looks alike. So why not? you know, make it the family business. And I was like, Wow Yeah. I think I think she needs to go to jail. I, I, I really think that you know, I'm gonna be honest, Pastor Kale and Brother Al, I'm so tired of this slap on the wrist type of thing. I think that a lot of these crimes are heinous in its in and of itself. Now maybe y'all don't agree, maybe our listeners don't agree. But I honestly think that it's a very heinous act to burn manpower, to burn man hours, to burn money when there are children out here who are being sex trafficked and, you know, all kinds of things. And you actually, in your crazy, you know, world, actually have these people looking for your son who's sitting up in your house. And not one time, think about it, y'all, and eight years, this has been going on for eight years, they've been questioning these two off and on, not one time did you finally break and say, you know what, I can't, I can't, this, this charade can't go on any longer. Let me just tell them the truth, no. They had to pay an investigator to come out and question you. What happens to all the other children out there who are really missing and that manpower may have allowed them to, you know, land on the doorstep of someone who's really missing. And I think a lot of this stuff is, and I know people say, well, Stephanie, if they throw everybody in jail, ain't nobody going to be left on this earth outside the jailhouse. Well, you know what? Then it is what it is. You already in jail anyway. So what's, what's the difference? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, maybe, like I said, everybody may not agree. But for me, I think things like this, you know, you, you know, eat the fine as well. Eat the fine as well. Because you know what? Remember Smollett? Remember they made him pay back? Remember that was his mm-hmm. fine? You remember that story? They made him pay that back. Oh, yeah. All the man hours that some Chicago detectives and officers said, they made, yes, I'm sorry, put you on some kind of work release program. You can't pay pay from jail, but if they put you on a work release program, you surely can. I don't care if they get $5 a week. You wouldn't get a dime for all the children's lives, all the people who are really missing, and you just gave up their lives for your missing son who's been sitting in your house and you've been lying all along. So I'm so sorry for you. All right, Pastor KL, you got this other story where in Cincinnati, you know, she uses this police um, 
this, I'm sorry, this racial slur. She loses her job, and she's mad because, you know, she's being discriminated against. Other people didn't lose their jobs, so why should I lose mine? And they said, oh, no, we don't think so. You are not getting out from this one. Do you think that it was fair? Do you think it was like an overkill? What do you think? Well, well, see, I'm kind of torn with this because, I mean, she's in her car and and she's frustrated now now i'm going to tell my listeners and they might not they might be a little mad but but you know i work retail and there is a certain race that comes into my store with a tribe of children and they think that the store is the babysitter of the children they let the children do all anything they want to do but it's the same race and in my frustration sometimes i'd like listen we need to build a wall because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not a racist, but out of my frustration, I was on Trump's side. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so I... I just think that, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't say, speak to her. She's a racist. But sometimes, you know, we get, listen, we get frustrated at our own race sometimes and say some crazy stuff. Does that mean I'm a racist against my own race? No. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tossed and turned with this one. Okay. So let me ask you this. As you were talking, I thought about the case and where they stood. And I asked Brother Al, you know, for him, was it a difference? And he said no. And I'm I'm going to put my feeling in reserve as to whether, if I have not said it already, I don't know, because, you know, I kind of go off on my own before y'all get on. (laughs) I don't know whether I've said it or not. But they're making a stand, they're taking a stand on the fact that they said that the others, so I looked at you and called you an N-word, the N-word. Mm-hmm. And this particular rant, despite the fact that she was in private, and, you know, we would, one might take the stance of, you know what, she was by herself. So she should have been able to say whatever she wanted to say and not be held accountable. She didn't say it out loud to someone else. She didn't say it in the company of anyone else. So she should be allowed to just, you know, blurt out what they blurted out, what she blurted out. However, they're saying that she poses a larger threat because she did not just say that it. <clears throat> she said, F and N, I hate ends. So she put out a global, even personal, even to herself, even in her own environment, she put out a, 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 a stance that she just hates all of them. And their feeling was, if you were to become, uh, or, or if you were to get into some level of confrontation with black people, a black person, that if this was to ever come out now, they're questioning 
you know, what was on your mind when you, you know, got into this confrontation? Did you act because you hate them or did you act because the situation called for you to act like that? Does that first, does that make a, uh, is that differentiating for you? And well, I mean, could she protect that to the, the community? I mean, their concern makes a lot of sense. It really, really does. Not that it doesn't make any sense. I just think, again, you know, I, you know, let, let, at 11 years old, at 12 years old, I got beat by my mama. And I said, I hate my mama and I wish she was dead. Does, does that <laughs> form a threat on my mama? You, you know what I mean? How many people didn't want their mama or father dead at some point in time? And, and and said it out loud. You know what I mean? So should I stay away from all mamas? I'm just saying. You know, is, 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 it, is it all mamas that I want to kill? I, I, just, I, I just think out of frustration, sometimes we say stuff that we might regret later, but we really don't mean. It's out of frustration. I wish this baby would stop crying. You know what I mean? Stop wait, calling wait, my name. Said, Does it, wait, 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 wait. Your word got cut. You said, I wish this baby would what? Stop crying. You know, you got a baby that keeps crying, oh. crying, crying. You done changed yeah. the pamper. You done fed the child. She's still crying. Do you want the child dead? No, but you wish this baby would shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> out of frustration, we say some stuff. That that makes you think, you know. I mean, so what? I can't I can't work in a nursery. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't I can't I can't babysit the grandchildren over. I I just don't understand. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Again, you know, this is how we see things differently. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they, they said, no, she can't work in the nursery anymore. Um, not no nursery out here in Cincinnati. She ain't in the nursery no more. She poses a threat. Um, so, you know, it, it is an interesting, it is a very interesting dynamic. I had to read it a few times because I couldn't understand the difference. And when I, I actually, it sank in after the third or fourth time. And I was like, oh, I see what they're saying. I see what they're saying. So, you know, like you said, it, it's true. Can everybody be held at the same um, liability level? They didn't want to take chances. And, and that's what they said. They were like, nah, you a liability right now. You, 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 you keep cussing and you stay on the outside of law enforcement. <laughs> so... You know, she she lost a job, you know, for the way she felt. But you know and, what? They could have gave her a desk know. job. They could have put on a desk. She could have shuffled yeah, well, weird. She didn't have to so lose wait. her job. Wait, 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 wait. So I got a question. So should she be at the desk that says whites only? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Oh, my God. As long as, as long as we wasn't cutting it iron, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't cut off. As long as we wasn't cutting it line, we'd have been okay. <laughs> well, I do believe that, you know, this, this particular police department should have been so, 
you know, extensive that she could have not been a police officer. That's I, I do agree with that. I do agree that, you know, she may not, y'all may not have found her fit for that particular position. But should she be jobless? No. I, I think that, you know, y'all need to find something to do. Let her sleep, you know, if y'all feel that bad. But I do believe that her losing her job with the police department altogether um, was a little extreme. And I think that there was a way, you know, um, you know, hand out some papers, you know, um, whites only papers. I don't know, you know, just something that, <laughs> you know, it would not have, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a threat, you know, to, you know, anyone. If y'all feel she's a liability, and that's why I'm saying that part. If you feel she's a liability, because they distinctly said that if she were to get into some confrontational with a black person, that this would have come up if they knew about it. So, and, you know, somebody knows about it. Once it came up on your body cam, somebody knows about it. And if something had jumped off, you know as well as I know, you know as well as I know, Brother Al, that they would have been calling that, that they would have been like, oh, uh, excuse us. I know it was back in 2005, but do you remember when the body cam showed that she said, yeah, you know somebody would have been waiting to throw that bad boy back up in in their face, and then they would have had to probably eat some kind of monetary compensation just because back in 2005, she, uh, she said something like that, so... You know, this was an interesting one. That This was interesting. All right, gentlemen. Well, you know, Pastor Steph, I'm sorry. I, I yes. you know, um, I'm still on, I'm still on the other hand of, okay, I, I don't think she should have lost her job, you know, but okay. I think it was the right call because, okay, regardless of the fact, we all get angry and we say things, but when you're in a certain position, you know, that's just like you go to a school and your child get ready to go to this class and you see this teacher sitting there with an angry look on her face saying, but I hate these little kids. I hate kids. You want your kid in that class? Regardless if she's having a bad day, frustration day, or whatever, I'm hearing you saying you hate children. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want my child in your class and you just sat here and said you hate people. She, she is of an authority figure with a gun. She could stop a black person and, and get and because she hates them, because she said it, and she gets mad, that going to push towards you know, doing the wrong thing. So I think they did the no, right thing. Right. But Al, she didn't. She didn't say it. She didn't say it to you per se. She said it to herself. Listen, I so hate what? coming to she work. She got caught. She got caught. I don't like coming to work sometimes, but I got to work. Yeah. I mean, so so yeah, so, so we can't express our feelings because in in, in fear well, that we're being you can. You can, but if you get caught, then there's consequences that come with it. Just like you said, right? When, when, your, when your mother beat you, right? When your mother beat you, you said, "Oh, I I hate my mom. I wish she was dead." What would have happened if she would have heard you? You would have been dead. <laughs> no, she would have laughed, laughed at me because she beat me already. Oh my God. In, in this case, then, then we can't say anything or we can't get frustrated with anything in fear that 
you know, it, it, it's going to be looked upon that, you know, we, we, we hate or, or, or we dislike a lot of people. Listen, I, I hate when the preacher takes too long to say amen and to close out. You, you know what I mean? How many times he going to have a closing? In my closing. In my closing. I hate when the preacher do that. You know, Pastor Seth says, I hate when you say, tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. So what does that mean? You know, we, we, we can't express what we feel. No, you can't, but when you're a in a certain authority, you so can't. Pastor Seth hate all those preachers? Man, I, I say it. So does she not like me? No. No, no. Yeah, I, I can't I, stand I, you. I <laughs> when you're in a certain I'm sorry, no, I, I just I just say when you I just say when you're in a certain authority, when you it just like I could say something, but if a celebrity says it, it's a whole different route. Unfortunately you're in that position, you gotta watch what come out your mouth. If the president sit there and said right. that, oh, what you think what happened? It just if you when you're in a certain authority, Pastor Steph said all the time, as us being Christians, we're looked at all the time. So we gotta be careful what we say and what we do, regardless of how we feel. Pastor Steph, you, you both of y'all pastors, certain things you can't say because people gonna look at it like, Wow, she a pastor, she's saying that. It's a I position think about that, that every take. time Pastor Phil opens up his mouth. I'm like, Lord, I'm gonna <laughs> They're going to look at all of listen, us like listen, this. They're going to look at all of us. Tell your neighbor to shut up. Oh, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Lord, I'm about to take you out for the money. Just call me Steph. Just call me Steph. Here's the problem, um, guys. Here's the real deal problem. You know, have they been able, let's say for argument's sake, there were 10 cases of this very thing, and they removed all 10 people from the job based on what they were saying. And now you have, despite the fact that you said in your private, you have shown that you are a potential liability. Would they have snagged seven real racists? or would they have only snagged two real and true races? And the other eight were people like what KL, uh, Pastor KL was saying, you know, just was expressing a level of frustration, and they weren't really a liability. And the two that they snagged were two that, Lord, thank God they ain't got a gun in their hand, because if the ends were out right now, they'd be dead because they verbalized and they voiced how they truly felt, even though it was through a frustrated manner and someone could have, you know, just kind of brushed it off as, as being, you know, just a frustrated time. So that's the problem, that she may not have been one who hate really truly would hate the ends and if she came across a black person and there was a confrontation and a shooting took place, that it ultimately did not have anything to do with the fact that she hated ends. 
It could have been a Chinaman. It could have been a, you know, it could have been, you follow what I'm saying? It could have been anybody in front of her. She would have done the same thing. But because she's verbalized this, this hatred of this group of people, you know, now it looks like anybody in that classification you're going to have a problem with. See, unfortunately, she got caught, I, I agree with Brother Al, she got caught saying it, which put her true feelings into question. So now you're going down for the man or the other woman who really meant it. And now they still out there because it came but because it came out your mouth, you gonna eat this one. So that's why I I agree with you, Brother Al, to say that, you know what, she is a possible liability. She could have been saying it out of frustration, but in case it was just a you know, a frustration moment and she does not really hate all black people, um, or ends then give a give a give a death job. Give a give a put a broom in her hand. Because now, you know, we're not gonna strip her of, you know, a livelihood or a means of income, but we're going to strip you of the ability to possibly run into a black person and now we have an uh, we have an issue on our hands that's bigger than we want. I agree with Pastor KL that says, unfortunately, you know, we just feel that way at times. We just can't stand such and such a thing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we hate the body or we hate all of it. So because we're in the middle where we really don't know whether she is a liability or not, then go ahead and don't take a job. Don't take a job, and y'all know me. I, I say take a job in a minute, but because this one is kind of ambiguous, you know, and because she's right, those have come out and said, "You end." They look right at Brother Al with a with a with a blue uniform on, and said, "You end," and they still got their job. Now, how is that? So, you know, when we we stand in the middle of that, you know, then you know what, keep a job but not in that position. She can still work for the police department, let her clean the streets, do something. But, and she'll learn. She'll learn that when you're in authority, and we always talk about this in our, our church folk segment, we talk about this in other areas, yeah, we're going to eat that thing as pastors, as Christians. We're going to eat it. And we're like, well, listen, I'm human too. You know, I'm not going to always have a halo above my head. But people look at us as an authority to who and what God is, and they're bringing that gavel down all the time. So I actually, both of you make very valid and strong points. So, you know, meet in the middle, give her her, give her a job, you know, and uh, call it a day. Call it a day. But I, I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue because it gets you to thinking um, on the reality, in the reality. So we've got a few minutes, and I want to throw this and see what you guys think of this, all right? Now check this out. There's a woman who is really upset with her mother-in-law. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. 
Hold on a second, hold on a second. She's really upset with her mother-in-law because her mother has her mother-in-law has threatened to call CPS on her and her family. Here's the deal. She says, she writes, my mom is having a literal freak out because my husband, who is 36 years old, takes my daughter, who's 18 months old, to the shower with him on nights. He goes to the gym so as to save time and water because bathing her while he washes himself too can do such a thing. She says, not even two years old, it makes sense that the dad would spend time with his daughter in this way in order to save time and water. She says that he showers with his daughter at the same time on a regular basis, and he probably would have had to spend extra time bathing her either before him or after him. So she says, he just got back from the gym, so naturally he goes, he's going to be very tired and won't want to spend all the extra time and energy it would take to one to do one after the other. I don't really see anything wrong with this. Keeps bringing it up, saying that a man wouldn't shower with a baby or a toddler without some weird goal in mind. She says, mom seems to forget that her son-in-law, oh, wait a minute, it's her mom. Mom seems to be forgetting that her son-in-law is this baby's father. The only weird thing happening here is that mom seems to have this idea in her head that he's some kind of predator to his own daughter. She's never liked my husband, but honestly, I feel like she's over-sexualizing things. I've walked into the bathroom while they're in the shower, and he's usually just sitting in the bottom of the shower with her, usually drawing with her on the wall of the shower and teaching her some words and stuff. He's having a cute, fun, educational bath time with his 18-month-old daughter. What's wrong with that? Well, I'm trying to figure out why they're saying Okay. Oh, okay. I see what they. Okay, I see how they got the the mom and law thing mixed up. Okay. So, I'm gonna tell you what the feedback was after I hear what you gentlemen have to say about this. So, brother Al, if you as a father found out that your daughter's husband was a was was bathing with your granddaughter and your daughter was okay with it because she says that he's having a cute fun and educational bath time with his 18 month old daughter what's so wrong with that because in doing so he's saving time and water.
I would say you have lost whatever little mind that you have. If you want to save time, why can't the mother, uh, you know, bathe the little girl, and then after you get out of the shower, that you can teach her things and stuff like that? That is so awkward. That's weird. You in the shower butt naked with your little daughter. You know, kids, kids are very curious and, and wondering, okay, why this part is different than my part and stuff like that. Why would you even do that? That that that's that's crazy. We would have a situation with that. I, bro, I got to talk to you. Come here. I know it's your daughter. I know it's your daughter, and that's my grandbaby. But listen, this, this that's not right what you're doing. You know, we, we definitely going to have a conversation. And depending on where that conversation go, we're going to go from there. Okay, okay, okay. Pastor KL. Are you talking to the mute button? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Okay, so 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 here, here's my take on this. You know, I I, I think it's, it's totally totally strange that you would want to bathe with your child. The other thing is that how cheap are you that you can't spend a little bit more water? I mean, how much water is the baby taking? You know, a lot of times you don't even fill the whole tub up with water. You know what I mean? Now I would say this, and and I, I got slack for this. I got custody of my daughter at 12 years old through a very traumatic situation. My mom went to jail. I had to go to the precinct to get my daughter. And I want to say for a month and a half, my daughter would not sleep in her own room. She slept in my bed. Now, a lot of people, you know, frowned and, and shunned on that. I had a lawyer when I was trying to get custody of, of, of um, full custody of her. And she kept on saying, when we go to court, don't tell them that, that she's sleeping in your bed. So, I mean, certain things I understand, you know what I mean? But bathing with us? No, I'm not, I'm not ba- I don't care how old you are. We ain't bathing together. That, that's just not a rubber ducky moment. I mean, what, what, what are you teaching your child in, 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 in a tub? You know, I mean, I, I just don't understand that part. All righty. Well, from a pediatric pediatrician, uh, concept when they were asked about the bathing and how old is too young and how old is too old the pediatrician says that it's a little more complicated than age they say in general that by the age of 8, 9 or 10 most children they have already sensed what pretty much Brother Al was saying about, you know, well, hey, 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 hold on. You got that. I got this. <laughs> we don't need to. I don't want to see you, and now I want you seeing me. And the bathing, even with a sibling of the opposite sex, has pretty much got to come to an end at that point because, you know, they're getting older and they're getting wiser. If everything, you know, is not just there anymore. I'm like, wait, hold on. I see the difference. They're saying that when the people who read the TikTokers, they all agreed with the mother. And one person said, you know, hey, 
if my mother ever threatened CPS, she'd have a permanent timeout. <laughs> it's unacceptable because my husband showers with the kids, um, as did I. Um, they're trying to figure out, which is what I wanted. How did the mother find out that the the, the father was bathing with the baby because the baby's only 18 months old and he can't, the baby can't tell. Little girl can't tell. So they're saying it's none of mom's business. And that's where I got the mother-in-law because some of the people are writing in their mother-in-law. So that's why I got a little twisted in the beginning. Um, and they're saying that, you know, her going to CPS is an infringement on her um, visitation rights. So in other words, see and say nothing. Um, and I thought that was very interesting because I wouldn't think that the average person would say, okay, you know, that she's overreacting. Um they have others who have written in and they have said that five is the cutoff, uh, but in other countries, older is normal. They're saying that um, one person writes in that their husband stopped showering with the baby when they were two, when the babies were two, that they had become very curious and started knowing and noticing the differences in the body at an early age and they don't even allow the children to come in the bathroom with them so i'm 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 kind of surprised that um there hasn't been more of an uproar about this and you know brother al let me ask you something you know if you when you hear um just in general, just in general, not the emergency case that Pastor KL um, spoke of, but just in general, when you hear that, you know, boys, bigger boys are sleeping in the bed with their mother or, um, you know, big, bigger girls or, or girls, period, are sleeping in the bed with daddy, you know, what's your thought with that? Is there a particular age that you feel it that needs to come to an end? Um, <clears throat> it, it's, it's hard, you know, for me it's hard on that because, again, it's like it depends on what the situation is. You know, I remember when my mother had cancer and she was laying in the bed and she was just, just going through. And I went and hugged my mom and I was sitting there and I was talking with her and I fell asleep. You know, I, 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 went, to, I went to sleep. So I think it's, you know, it's like with certain situations, like, like again, like you said, with Pastor KL, you know, his, his, his daughter was going through some trauma. And, you know, she came in and, and, and she slept with him. It just, you know, um, I think it's in certain cases, you know, but for you to be nude in, in the shower, you know, and then, like you said, it, with age. Now, what he is forgetting is as that baby get older and that, and go to school and mention that, to a teacher or somebody, oh, you're going down for that, regardless. So I, I think it, you know, it depends on what the situation is. 
All right, all right. Pastor KL, before you got into your emergency situation, had you heard that, you know, men were allowing their daughters to sleep with them and um, uh, mothers had boys sleeping in the bed with them, had that seemed weird to you? Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely, that definitely um, seemed very, very weird to me. You know, um, I, I, I was definitely, definitely against that. I didn't, I didn't understand it. You know, I, I still don't understand how, you know, children are breastfeeding. I mean, mothers are breastfeeding and the child is five. You know, stuff like that I don't understand. You know, I mean, but, but people do it. You know, they, they, I don't understand how you got a seven-year-old with a pacifier. You know, and and sleep in the mama's bed and stuff like that. But yeah, I I, I think it's quite quite strange. You know, um, it, it's almost like that latchkey baby, um, that 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 you got separation and anxiety. You know, there, there's certain situations, but you you have to be able to to transform them, you know, into their own space. You know, you don't keep a you don't keep a a grown child in a crib forever. You, you got to put them in their bed. Right, all right. Well, again, this wasn't as invigorating as um, my own grandpa, but definitely I wanted to get your feedback, you know, as gentlemen, you know, in regards to, you know, this particular scenario. Thanks for your transparency, Pastor Kale. And they're coming to lock you up now because they said, don't you ever tell. <laughs> I don't care if she's 93 years old now. There's no statute of limitations. Um, you know, but it would it would make every sense that you don't go in there telling that because now you're creating problems that aren't problems. So, you right. know, it is, you know. Um, but thank you so much, gentlemen, for your contribution into today's conversation. Oh, yeah. And pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You, yeah, as you well. too. And, and, and pass the stuff real, real quick. Right, Kel in all yeah. type of trouble. You know, he had his he had his daughter sleeping with him. He he said it. When his mother beat him, he wished she would die and all that stuff. I know Mama listens, but he gonna get beat any going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Still some payment. Still some payment, dude. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too. Thank you. All righty, all righty, all righty. Wow. You know, again, this is uh, some good stuff here, good stuff. Let us go before the Lord. Holding hands and holding hearts. Definitely, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for just breathing the breath of life, just a small, still breath that says, wake up. We thank you for it, dear God. Thank you. We trust you, God, that whatever you have for each and every one of us is ultimately your will. And we're not walking in our own way. We're not walking on our own path. Because we're just trying to make it. Because your goal is not that we make it, but that we are all the way, and we can be. So we thank you for you having the master plan. 
it's almost like us as parents, as earthly parents, you know, our children just want to get over. They just want to get by. But there's such a gift that's out there. So we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for exemplifying that to us so that we could even appreciate our human parents the same. Thank you, God, for a wonderful week. Thank you that through all of the melee and accidents, you know, that took place this weekend, that none of us were victims. And you have safely brought us through another week. Thank you, God, for food and the very air we breathe. Thank you, Father. We pray that you would always have the glory and honor due to you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ah, I tell you, when you think of news, you can't make this stuff up. I say it all the time. You cannot make this stuff up. You know, last week's story, this week's story, you know, it it challenges the parents. You know, last week we talked about a decision that was made prior to the child even being born. And here we are this week talking about decisions made after the child was born. You know, I I have the same question. Now, we've all talked about, you know, we can't tell you which episode, but Brother Al and I talked about the kids and them wasting our water, you know, then turn on the water in there. And they're picking out clothes and cleaning their room and texting. And, yo, my water is going down the drain here. My money is going down the drain. So we definitely get the picture of you wanting to conserve your water. However, we don't want to preserve it that way. Uh uh uh. You know, I agree with Pastor KL. How much water are you going to use? How much water are you going to use on a little baby like that? Because, you know, they, they generally tell you just to put a little bit, you know, so the baby's legs wouldn't even be covered if she was sitting in the toilet. I'm sorry, in the toilet. Lord have mercy. <laughs> in the tub. In the tub, excuse me. You know, there's not a lot of water in the tub, you know, for the baby to bathe. Or... As, as was said, what's wrong with mom? You want to save time? You want to save water? Take it in with you. You know, and allow nature. You know, let, let things be done a little more natural. You know, I, I think, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. You know, and how many times have these things started off very, quote, unquote, innocently? You know, dad is tucking the child in the bed when the next thing you know, you got something else going on. Dad is supposed to be bathing the child. The next thing you know, something else is going on. You know, so why leave this to chance? Why leave it to chance? You know, the Bible tells us every time I try to do good, evil presents itself. So, you know, do you have a husband who has a secret 
you know, weakness. And this is an opportunity. And I'm not saying that this particular father, because it's not up to me to say that this man, you know, is. But I, I honestly, my vote is air on the side of safety. I'm not helping you, you know, develop any thoughts or ideas or giving you a picture. You know, some some men are not even comfortable changing the baby. It has nothing to do with, you know, the fact that they feel like there's something going on. They just feel like that's a mother's job. You know, when it comes to a girl child, you bathe the child, you change diapers, you change underwear and, you know, all kinds of things. You know, so, you know, have fathers had to raise children, you know, um, by themselves? But as Pastor K.L. said, absolutely. We've got all kinds of scenarios out here where, you know, you had to do what you had to do, you know, but you just don't leave certain things to chance. You know, err on the side of caution, make sure that, you know, we're being, you know, we're on the safe side. We're on the safe side of things. I give God thanks that we can dialogue safely and disagree. And I love the exchange between uh, Brother Al and Pastor KL today. Uh, it allows us to see that Christians can agree to disagree. And, you know, and, and we can be cordial about it. It doesn't have to be a war, but it can be cordial. So you want to make sure, you know, you stay on on the side of just, you know, knowing how to have brotherly love. We're not going to always smile together. We're not going to always agree, but we can agree to disagree and we can walk off. And, you know, that's showing godly love. Okay. So let's, 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 let's share in God's you know, assignment and minister in harmony, even if we're on two sides of the fence. Let's 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 err on the side of harmony, okay? All right. Hmm. It's been one wonderful short week and I'm so grateful to have had you with me all week. Thank you um, for joining me. Please tell a friend you know, our numbers are going well. We are almost at 100,000 listens. And for a little old group that, you know, is a bunch of nobodies, if you will, you know, um, we're sitting in our home, we're sitting on a, you know, on a, some, on like a, you know, they get into the work area or the workspace early. You know, some of us are working from home and, you know, it's, it's in enough time that we can, you know, minister from home and then switch over, you know, and now, you know, we're punching the clock. You know, I, I, I give God thanks that we are allowed to minister just like this. So, you know what? Let's make it happen, y'all. Let's make it happen. You know, tell somebody, um, uh, encourage someone to listen, and, you know, help us cross over that line. Because in doing so, 
You're a blessing. Aren't you blessed that you listen to It's Good Time with Pastor Seth? And you hear all the craziness that goes on with our Due Time crew. They are a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, group of men and women, um, ministers of the gospel. And, you know, I am privileged and blessed to be a part of this Due Time crew. And you know what? Let's join hands, join hearts, and let's show the people of God what it is that we can do with one another. Um, let's tell somebody. You know, you tell everybody about everything else. Mm. Let's tell someone about the Lord. Mm, all righty, all righty. It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. You're listening to Due Time. It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing up, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Ah, oh, please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. If you haven't done it already, don't wait another second. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to us. Hmm. Until Sunday, where it's the Word Prayer Project, and we'll get a sneak peek of the Breaking the Yoke Women's Conference that's coming up on July 29th, God Spares Our Life, and we'll be in our prayer room. So come on and join us and see what the Lord has us praying about. Okay? All righty. Well, until until then, God spares our life. I love you.